Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. We are smack in the middle of Holy Week. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined again today by Pastor Neil Radical. Pastor is going to lead us in some devotional thoughts here today. Good morning. We're looking at Psalm 35, verses 13 through 14. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer would return to my own heart. I paced about as though he were my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one who mourns for his mother. Growing up, I remember my mother and father saying all kinds of different things that have stuck with me through the years. When I was younger, one of my older brothers got into significant trouble with some poor behavior. I remember my mother saying to him, I love you, but I don't have to love what you're doing. She may have said something similar to me too, once or twice. That's a mother's love. It isn't hard to comprehend a mother showing undeserved kindness to her own children, but it is difficult to imagine showing love to someone who's trying to murder me. Many of David's psalms are are written seeking the Lord's hand against his enemies. Psalm 35 is no exception. In verse 1, David writes, Plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Fight against those who fight against me. David writes again about this relentless pursuit from his enemies in verse 3, of those who seek after my life, who plot my hurt, who reward me evil for good to the sorrow of my soul, in verse 12, who plot for my life without cause, in verse 7. Yet we see David prays for his enemies who desire his death in a way that is nearly impossible to grasp. But as for me, when they, my enemies, were sick, my clothing was sackcloth, you think maybe of a gunny sack type material that chafed and burned. I humbled myself with fasting, that means depriving oneself of nourishment, and my prayer would return to my own heart, that ongoing heartfelt meditation. I paced about restlessly, as though he was my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily, prostrate in prayer, as one who mourns for his mother. How could David do this? Why would he do this? How does David pray for his enemies like this? In the midst of desperation, you can see David casts all his cares upon him who cares for you, as we see in 1 Peter 5, 7. As earlier in Psalm 7 and many others, though David prays for the Lord's vindication, which is another word for the Lord's justice and righteousness, he also begs for the Lord's strength. He begs for the angel of the Lord to take up the fight against his enemies. You can read about that in Psalm 35, verses 5 and 6. And many believe that the angel to be God's son, Jesus, before he took on flesh and blood. David appeals to the Lord for spiritual strength as well. Say to my soul, I I am your salvation. Verse 3 says that. And that is exactly what he finds. My soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Ultimately, I think we see here, David finds strength in the Lord to pray for his enemies. That's one reason I can understand that the Lord said of David that he is a man after my own heart. 
Yes, David was a sinner like me, but I see the Lord's heart in David and how he prayed for his enemies. We see what David's Lord, Jesus the Christ, the angel of the Lord, who would, would do from Calvary's cross. And Jesus prayed not just for those who crucified him there, but for those everywhere who have fallen under the wrath of God for sin. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your merciful forgiveness to me, who was your enemy because of my sinful nature and daily sin. We thank you for forgiving me my unthinkable debt of trespasses, so that I have learned from you how to forgive those who have sinned against me. Lord Jesus, we truly thank you for teaching us what it means to love our enemies. You know, this reminds me, Pastor, of your Lenten message this past week when we when you talked about took us through that father or what we forgive those who forgive forgive us our trespasses we forgive those who trespass against us so i don't know if you had any other comments on that reflecting on that or psalm 35 when what was discussed here i think what you see is a a contrast between the way the world behaves towards their enemies and the way that the christian is to behave toward their enemies you see david there when his enemy is sick what does he do he's mourning, he's fasting, he's weeping, he's sorrowful, he's pacing back and forth, worried about his enemy. You know, that's not what we'd expect when, when, uh, when the world's point of view, when your enemy's sick, you rejoice and you're happy. And that's what you see in, in the next verse after the text you read there, uh, uh, when it says, uh, in, my adversity, in my adversity, they rejoiced they, and gathered together. Uh, so when I was sick, when things were going badly for me, they rejoiced. They were happy. They were having a party. Um, but when they were sick, when they things were going bad, badly and poorly for them, I was sorrowful and mourning and, and praying for them. And so uh, that's a great cro- contrast between the world and between Christians. And that's what we would expect from um, those who call themselves followers of Jesus, because indeed Jesus, too, prayed for his enemies, didn't he? So he said uh, you know, we, that we should uh, pray for enemies, uh, help those who are help wanting to hurt us, and so um, uh, we see that example from Christ. And and Christ tells us that as Christians, we should stand out from the world. That our behavior should be different than what we would expect the world to behave. And you know, as Christians, we give up our rights uh, uh, out of esteem for others. We uh, worry about others more than ourselves. We love our neighbor as ourselves, and uh, we would uh, give up all things, as Paul said. I would. Uh, I would give up eating meat if it meant uh, helping out my brother. So um, that's what we we strive to do as Christians, um, not just for our brothers, but even for our enemies. And, you know, we don't oftentimes have enemies in the same way that David did in that they're chasing him around in the wilderness trying to kill him. Um, but most of all, we face our worst enemies of all. And maybe you could talk a little bit about this, Pastor, as we talk about, you know, loving our enemies but how do you contrast that with, I mean, obviously we don't love the devil, we don't love sin, we don't love this uh, sinful world. So what's the difference between loving our enemies, as, as we're told, and also recognizing, well, some of our enemies we're not supposed to love because our enemy is sin and the devil? Yeah, that's a really good question. Probably, probably just because Jesus doesn't, Jesus commands us to love our enemies. He certainly doesn't command us to love the devil. He tells us to resist the devil and flee from him and... Um, that he's already conquered the devil for us. But I think the probably the biggest purpose in Jesus doing that is because he wants the enemies of his children to repent and turn and, and see his love through them a lot of times too. 
which I think uh, people saw through David, and we pray that people would see through us. Yeah, great thoughts. Um, appreciate your response to that. Uh, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for the opportunity to reflect on your word. Help us see how David was a man after your, your own heart, that he prayed for his enemies in ways that we could only hope and pray to do ourselves. And ultimately he did that because he knew you so well. And we see your heart, Lord Jesus, during this holy week, and we see the joy that we have in seeing that you would pray for all of us who are your enemies by nature. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you, thank you for your work on Calvary's cross, and we thank you for the joy of our eternal life when we're at home with you forever in heaven. Bless our day and our worship this week of your great name. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned earlier, we are in the middle of the most important week in the church calendar, uh, Holy Week, taking place this week. We celebrated Palm Sunday this last Sunday. This week, uh, we are not having services today. Today, is, today, again, is Wednesday, April 13th. Tomorrow is Monday, Thursday. Uh, we will be celebrating uh, the Institution of the Lord's Supper uh, in two services, one at 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. Those services are identical, and there will be communion for both of those services. Friday, we'll have another service to commemorate Good Friday. Uh, again, identical services at 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. There will not be communion on Good Friday. Uh, these two services will be taking a look at the sixth and seventh petitions in the Lord's Prayer as we've been going through our study. Lord, teach us to pray and looking at the different petitions of the Lord's Prayer. So we're winding down to the end here. Uh, this weekend, we will have our regularly scheduled services at 6 p.m. on Saturday evening and 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Those two services will be, again, identical to each other. They will be our, uh, our regular Easter service. Um, there will also be a special Easter sunrise service on Easter morning, uh, the 17th at 7 a.m. Hope you can join us for that special uh, sunrise service. There will also be Easter breakfast in between that 7 a.m. service uh, and the 10 a.m. service. So come for the early service, hang out for breakfast, and stick around for the later service. And uh, spend some time with your fellow members here at Emmanuel. It's been a while since we've had this Easter breakfast and sunrise service as we've uh, traditionally done in the past, so I uh, hope we can get good attendance for that. Um, also, just to note, there is no Bible class or Sunday school this coming weekend um, with Easter weekend, uh, so Saturday night, no Bible class, no Sunday school, and then obviously Sunday morning with the uh, Easter breakfast, there will be no Bible class or Sunday school either. Um, the next weekend is Confirmation Weekend. You want to talk a little bit about that schedule, Pastor, for Confirmation Weekend? Yeah, so there's no Bible class or Sunday school next weekend either. We will be doing the Confirmation service uh, on Sunday. So 9 o'clock is the Catechism Review Examination. So really encourage all of you to come to that. What a great brief review of the Catechism instruction that we've learned. Really an overview of the Bible itself as we look at the six chief parts. And so it's nice for the confirmants to be able to express their faith through passage and response to those questions that are asked of them. And then into the 10 o'clock service, it'll be the confirmants, confirmation rite, the promises they're making to the Lord there, and most importantly, the readiness that they are to receive their first communion as well, which Pastor Nam and I are looking forward to giving them. So it's a celebration for them, but ultimately of the Holy Spirit and the instruction he gives to each one of us through the education we receive from his word. Another point we can make, too, is that the Saturday night service uh, will be the same as the 10 a.m. service, but obviously without the confirmants. So, again, those two services will be the same at 6 o'clock and the 10 a.m., but again, no Bible class or Sunday school Saturday night. 
There will be Sunday school available for children on Sunday morning. Um, grades fifth and up, we encourage to come to the examination, but there will still be Sunday school for the pre-K through uh, through fourth grade. So uh, please note that as well. Uh, the next Monday, that'd be April 18th, is our quarterly voters meeting. Uh, that's at 7 p.m. Uh, down in the church basement. So voters, please mark your calendars. Hope you can uh, join us for that. Um, want to remind you again, there are still yard signs available in the narthex. Uh, we have a, a couple of them left, so if you haven't gotten one yet, grab a sign and help promote our school. Uh, best school in Mankato, Manuel Lutheran School. Uh, and then finally, we just want to thank all those volunteers who came out to help with the cemetery work day this last Saturday. Um, your help was appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, on our prayer list this week, we continue to pray for uh, Mrs. Helen Stelter. Um, she is in the hospital, uh, been in the hospital for but it's got to be close to 10 days now, or maybe even more than that now. Um, uh, it sounds like the family is moving forward and uh, trying to help her be comfortable, uh, but uh, it seems as though the Lord may be getting, preparing to, to take her home. Obviously, only he knows, but uh, we keep Helen and her family in our prayers. We also pray for Naomi Pfeiffer. She's been dealing with some health issues that have kept her from coming to church lately, so we, we pray for Naomi that the Lord would uh, help her and help the doctors figure out what, what the issue that she's dealing with may be. This brings us to our Meet the Faculty portion of the program. Uh, last week I was able to sit down with Mrs. Julie Bush. Uh, she's our 7th and 8th grade teacher. Here's what that sounded like. Well, after one week break, we are back with our Meet the Faculty portion of our uh, podcast here. I'm joined today by Mrs. Julie Bush. How are you doing today, Julie? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm, I've really been enjoying this series. It's been neat to get to know all of you faculty a little bit. I, I obviously know you all already, but especially for our listeners to be able to, um, who, who hear myself and Pastor Radical so much week after week through the podcast and through the weekend worship services, to especially uh, get to know our faculty a little bit. After all, uh, our congregation has called you and we pray for you and we think about you and the work you're doing, but we maybe don't get the chance quite as much as our children do to interact with you back and forth. So it's been fun to kind of get to know all of you a little bit. So uh, just start with a couple of simple questions. Uh, Mrs. Bush, where did you grow up? I grew up in Mankato. Yeah. So I've been here my whole life. Okay. Never lived in another city. Ever? Never, ever. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and maiden name, obviously? Uh, Wheaton. Wheaton. So yes. for those who don't know that, uh, it's kind of a... Uh, a name here at Emanuel that's well known, a Wheaton Scholarship uh, in the school and, and quite a few Wheatons uh, connected here. So, uh, Julie, your, your name now obviously is Bush, so you must be married. Uh, can you tell us about your family life, uh, married, children? Yeah. Yep. So I've been married for almost 29 years. It'll be oh. 29, years, 29 years in June. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, we have four daughters. Okay. So ranging in age from 15 to 28. Okay. So, yeah. So when I, have, when I, in a few years, need advice on my daughters, I will be <laughs> giving you a call when they get up to those teenage years. How about that? Sounds good. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, Julie, you teach 7th and 8th grade here, but you've taught all, kind of all over the place in the past couple of years with some of the vacancies we've had in the high school and things. Yeah. Um, when you were a kid, did you always imagine yourself being a teacher? Was that, like, what you were going to be? I know your dad was a teacher, too. but uh, Yeah. No, I actually wanted to go into the health field. I oh. was wanting to be a pediatrician. Oh, okay. Oh. And then when I got into college and started a family, I thought, I don't want to go to school for that many more years. Oh, okay. And I really okay. enjoyed my math classes that I was taking, so okay. I kind of stuck with those, and then I got my teaching degree in okay. math from okay. 7 to 12. Okay. So. Okay. And so you say it was during the college years when you were taking classes that kind of 
yes. moved you that way. Yep. Was there an influence? You know, obviously your brother's a teacher. We've already interviewed him. Your dad was a teacher. Was there any family pressure to become a teacher? Or was it something that kind of just naturally happened? I think it naturally happened. I didn't feel any pressure, but both my parents were teachers. My yeah. mom was also a teacher. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about yep. that. Yeah. And then my brother Tim being a pastor. Yeah. You know, there's teaching involved in that. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of runs in the family. You I know, I was, I was thinking about this when, when your dad passed a few years ago. Was Are there any other families in the CLC where all the kids ended up in the in the ministry and I'm, I'm not sure we could I could call up with another family like that mm-hmm. so pretty very cool very cool for that your family cool. um where did you you mentioned school a little bit so where did you go to school uh, obviously you went k-12 here at Emmanuel yes and yep. then, but what about after that um then I went to MSU McKinney yep. State okay. University okay uh, did my four years there took a little bit longer because I did half time or part time because we had our first daughter Kayla at the oh, time so I didn't go to gotcha. school full-time all the time um, gotcha. but finished what, my four-year degree there. what was your degree in um, so 7 to 12 mathematics for teaching and then I have a minor in coaching oh okay okay excellent um, so how long have you been teaching here at Emmanuel longer than I've been here I know that for sure <laughs> this is my 11th year okay here at Emmanuel. okay so that what is that 2011 you would have started here or 2012 uh, 2012, uh, the 11-12 school. 11-12, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. if that makes sense. Okay, so was there a gap? I mean, obviously there was a gap between when you graduated college and when you started here. So where else have you worked? Where else have you taught? Yeah, so I graduated in 2000 okay. with my degree, and then I worked at Wasika Junior High um, teaching math there for 7th and 8th grade for part of a year. Okay. And then um, when our daughter Emma came along, then mm-hmm. I went back to stay at home with the kids. Okay. And then I got the call here when Rebecca was, she wasn't in kindergarten yet, but okay. she had one more year of preschool. Okay. Gotcha. God led me to take the call at that time. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and great that you could stay home with the kids too. You know, that's something for me and my wife, it's a priority for us too, to have one parent home with the children. And yeah. I'm very thankful we yeah. were able to do that. Yeah. I think it's one of the most important things, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, we talk, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but the the primary role of the family is to teach the children, you know, as teachers and as educators, we're there to supplement, but you know, it's the family uh, who's called by God to be the first educator. And, you know, when they're in those little early ages and stages, you know, it's important to have that time with family, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Um, So you've taught in public school then and also in, in now at Emmanuel, obviously for, for a few years. So to you, what, what is the, What's so important about Christian education? You know, obviously, you sent your kids here. You went to school here. Yeah. You know how important it is. Why, why is Christian education important in your own your own words? I think that the students here get God's word basically in every aspect. They get it, you know, with Christian friends. We have chapels every day, at least for seven through twelve. Otherwise, they have like a religion, you know, mm-hmm. type Bible history course when they're younger as well. Um, as well as, I guess, doctrine and religion courses. Um, but then also, you know, I teach science also. Mm-hmm. And being able to, you know, teach God's word mm-hmm. in science and all across the curriculum, I think is so important that our kids just get that Christ-centered focus yeah. in every aspect of their yeah. education. Yeah, I always think, you know, things like math, you might think, well, that's not, for, you know, we're not going to talk about God and math, but oh, sure we are. You know, the, the logic and the reason and the order to everything that, you know, all of that points to a creator. Yeah. And uh, being able to tie that all in is, is so important. Uh, do you have a, how about a story for us from your classroom that tell, talks about what Emmanuel Lutheran School is really all about? Well, I don't know that I have like a specific example, mm-hmm. but I'm always so impressed this year, again, as other years, that the students in 7th and 8th grade, they're just, 
so wonderful when we have new students come in. Oh. So a lot of times we'll have a new student come in as a seventh grader or eighth grader, never been to our school before. Yeah. And the kids are just so accepting and kind and they really treat them well and include yeah. them in everything. And I think that's just great to see, especially at the age that they are. Right. I think yeah. that kind of says a lot about our school. Yeah. That's one of the, I mean, obviously seventh and eighth grade, there's a lot of angst going on at that age. You know, yes. and it's a time when <laughs> clicking and that kind of stuff can happen a lot. But um, you're not the first teacher to mention something like that uh, in these interviews is, you know, the, the welcomeness of our school and, the, you know, the ability to be flexible with different kids in all kinds of different situations. It's really uh, been neat for me to see, too. So awesome. Um, so because you're so intimately involved with the working of the church and the school here at Emmanuel, uh, maybe could do you have any ideas about things we could improve on as a, a church and as a school and the ministry that we have here? Um, I think it would be neat to see our kids out in the community maybe mm. a little bit more so that you know our name gets out there. A lot of times there are people out in our community that haven't even heard of our school, which always you know, yeah. kind of floors me since I grew up here right. in Mankato. Yeah. And I think, wow, how can you have not yeah. heard of Emmanuel Lutheran School? Yeah. And, or they don't realize it goes all the way to 12th grade. Yeah. yeah. Um, so getting, you know, especially our older kids out in the community, if at all possible, to do some different things just to be seen and mm-hmm. for, I guess, the community to realize that we are here and yeah. all the awesome things we have to offer. Yeah. Well, I have exciting news for you then. We just adopted a highway. Um, oh, we did. Yeah, That's Monk, pretty cool. Monks Avenue, actually, right? Uh, two two miles south from the quick trip there on Monks all the way down to 90. So okay. um, I think we're going to try to get a school... So the church will do it once and the school will do it once, hopefully, as the plan. So um, we'll get a sign up and it'll say, adopted by Emmanuel Lutheran Church and School. So a uh, little That's plug great. there yeah. for our members that you can watch for announcements about that <laughs> to help come pick up that highway. So um, so we've talked a lot about uh, um, teaching. What's your maybe your favorite thing about being a teacher? I think the fav- my favorite thing is just being with the kids, getting to know them better, mm-hmm. um, get to know like all of our church families just a little bit better by working with their kids and yeah they're just awesome mm-hmm. to work with yeah julie what's uh, your least favorite thing about being a teacher i actually enjoy almost everything about being a teacher oh really yeah i really enjoy obviously working with the kids i like planning lessons and i like the paperwork part of it even oh okay one thing I don't particularly like is my, making bulletin boards. Oh. I know that seems maybe kind of silly, but <laughs> no, that's yeah. really something that no. I don't enjoy. Yeah. But. I, I always think of your bulletin board, that one I like the best, where it's like, don't think, it's too hard, think, how can I fix this, or whatever that, that board is you have down there. So Thank I've always you. really appreciated that one for, oh. for what that's worth. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so we've talked a lot about you being a teacher. Uh, what are some things you like to do outside of the classroom, some of your hobbies or interests outside of teaching? Okay. Well, I love to spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a cabin on Duck Lake mm-hmm. here close to Mankato that we spend a lot of time in the summer oh, nice. out there doing some different things. Minnesota lake life. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, definitely fun. And then I also enjoy a lot of activities like um, running and swimming and mm-hmm. do some training and competing for triathlons and different things in the summer, which I do that with Matthew, my yeah. husband, and then also one of our daughters is oh. into that as well. So oh, we enjoy okay. doing that together. Oh, awesome. Any plans this summer for any triathlons or anything you have planned yet? We have yet, a few or? planned. We okay. haven't like officially signed up yet. But okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Exciting. Uh, any closing thoughts you'd like to share with our, our listeners before, before we close the interview? I guess just I'm very thankful that I was called to be a teacher here. I enjoy being here and 
love working with the kids and the families. It's a, definitely a blessing to me. Awesome. Well, you've been a great blessing to our congregation as well. And, you know, our thoughts and prayers go with you as you continue the ministry here and continue the work of Christ among the his little lambs here at Emmanuel. It's a real blessing to have you with us, Julie. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again to Mrs. Bush for that interview. Uh, next week we'll be talking to Kevin Schrader. Kevin is our newest teacher, so we look forward to speaking with him and getting to know him a little bit. Brings us to our hymn of the day. Uh, Pastor Radicals picked out a hymn for us. Pastor? We're looking at hymn 454. This is in the prayer section. We're looking at verses. It's a shorter hymn, so we're looking at verses 1, 2, 4, 5, and 8 here. Prayer is the soul's sincere desire, unuttered or expressed the motion of a hidden fire that trembles in the chest. Prayer is the burden of a sigh, the falling of a tear, the upward glancing of an eye when none but God is near. Prayer is the contrite sinner's voice returning from his ways, while angels in their songs rejoice and cry, Behold, he prays. Prayer is the Christian's vital breath, the Christian's native air, his watchword at the gates of death, he enters heaven with prayer. O thou by whom we come to God, the life, the truth, the way, the path of prayer thyself hast trod. Lord, teach us how to pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.